0: Yeah, welcome
1: to Prop Talk. A podcast um, of the uh, the official podcast of the uh, Property Masters Guild. I'm Chris Call, the Education Chair of the Guild, uh, hosting today with Mikey Trudell as usual. Um, today we start a series highlighting property masters from regions outside of Hollywood. Though the uh, PMG was created here in Hollywood, we now have members in every market across the country and in Canada. If you listened to this podcast before, you know that I came up in a secondary market before landing in Los Angeles, and the differences are extensive, both positive and negative. I worked in Pittsburgh for seven years where I became a property master, but I started my career in Texas, which is where our first regional guest resides, Austin, Texas, to be specific. Welcome, Scott Reeder. Hi, thanks for having me. Via Zoom. This is like new for us, right? So, um, cool. so, yeah, you're yeah. like, you're <laughs> so Scott, I'm just going to hit a couple of your uh bio stuff. Um, uh, property master is a below the line, behind the camera position, often referred to as the silent ninjas ninjas of the set. If there were to be an exception to that standard, it would be Scott Reader, aka Scott Prop and Roll. Uh, Scott has single handedly elevated the craft in under 60 second intervals through his TikTok and YouTube channels. Um, with short, informative, funny videos about props in the, in-, in the industry as a whole. To date, he has 800,000 subscribers on YouTube and 1- 1.7 million views on TikTok with 43 million likes. That's a lot of likes. That's very impressive. I think the most likes I've ever received is about 130. That's because I currently have a very cute puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's recent
2: like so.
0: <laughs> so that. <recently>. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> yes.
1: Um, this is just Scott's um media presence. He also runs a prop and set dressing house out of Austin. And that is besides the fact that he is a world-class artist and property master. Um IMDB has credits, and I say that, IMDB, Scott, you correct me if anything's wrong, because a lot of times I miss things or they're just straight up wrong on IMDb. Right. Um uh, has credits dating back 30 years. Uh, some of the highlights for me starts with Walker, Texas Ranger franchise, uh, and the 250-plus episodes you did as a assistant prop master as well as the key. Uh, you pretty much are Walker at that point. Um, <laughs> you also mastered Fast Food Nation, Pitch Perfect, Parkland, Machete, I Love Dick, Revolution, uh, the Great Great series, Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights. Yes, yeah. and my personal favorite, The Leftovers. Love that mm-hmm. show so much. Um, most recently, uh, more Walker series, along with other series, long The Long Road Home, Panic, and uh, this is crazy vampire thing. What's a N O S four two A?
3: Nos Nosferatu. I was going to say Nosferatu. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it yeah. Went right over my head. Yeah.
0: Good God. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> Stephen King's son wrote, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Joe Hill, that's uh. name. Joe Hill. Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, uh, wrote, um, this novel, a graphic novel. And we made a series out of it, shot it in Rhode Island. Wow. Oh, cool. Great. Well, so, mm-hmm. so that's, that's how I got to know if it weren't for Nosferatu, I might not be here because, uh, uh, Joshua Meltzer, right um did season two so i handed over the reins because i i wanted to stay stay at home sure and i didn't go back for season two and he took it over and Uh uh-huh i've never been more glad that we did a really good wrap out at the end of season one (laughs) (laughs) with josh because he was very happy yeah (laughs) no
1: doubt um so speaking of which um so you're you're originally from texas i assume right Uh, born and raised correct in yeah,
3: austin born and raised yes i yeah. know uh, uh the port Arthur, beaumont area down okay. the, near the yeah. refineries near the coast yep near houston near galveston right. and galveston
1: houston yeah i spent a little time there that's cool and uh you went to uh north texas university of north texas, texas. university of north texas yeah and, and what did you study
3: there wait um anthropology believe it or not (laughs) that's the perfect job it's a long story i transferred from lamar university in beaumont and i immediately i just i i got lucky i was there maybe three weeks and i found out there was a movie shooting in town Mm. in denton called daddy's dying who's got the will and i just kind (laughs) of showed up on set i found out where they were going to be filming in a hospital and i showed up and just bugged them until you know and they were like, "Well, you know, why don't you go pick up trash?" So I just just kind of worked my way in, and they ended up putting me with the prop department. I did a little bit of everything on that show, but yeah, so I, like I helped where it was needed. Late '80s, and, uh, well, yeah, 1989. And yeah. this
1: was in Denton. In Denton, yeah,
3: which is a suburb of Dallas, right? Yeah, it's north of Dallas, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, wow. and then I just there happened to be like three three movies that filmed there while I was going to school there so and I worked all of them all in Denton and uh, what's that all in Denton or in the Dallas in Denton area? yeah there were three there was a huh. there was a George C Scott movie called finding the way home that was 1990 and then uh, necessary roughness where right. I almost so, dropped out of school to do it but I dropped down to six hours and uh in 1991 and would, did all the second unit props on it so um oh, like three three months of on the football field with alan Graf, uh who was oh. our second unit director whoa and uh so you fell right into it props was, so yeah so i've done a lot of football a lot yes of did, did you did you finish college uh yeah i got my degree i like i said i, I just uh i it took me five years to do it but i yeah <laughs> that's what that's the whole thing i i uh if i went through the school of anthropology i was able to graduate sooner hmm. than sticking with the film degree right and i felt like by that time i you know i was like well geez i already have Yeah. You know, i guess at that point i had four no like six movies under my belt yeah, that wow. i worked on and i was like you know i don't have to have this film degree I, you know
1: no you were getting it get my in degree. real time <laughs> yeah so, do you feel like your anthropology degree helps you helps you doing props in any way?
3: A little bit, yeah. I um, well, and I minored in ethnographic film, which was kind of like the the study of the early documentary and oh. how it was done. And uh, uh, I've I've carried a lot of that with me, but I don't think I've worked on one documentary my entire
1: really career. Wow, <laughs> I guess there's not but, a lot of uh, call for but props it's, no. it's it's,
3: <laughs> you now the appreciation of cultures and appreciation of uh of the different ways we all do things and uh and i've kind of carried a lot of that with me
1: yeah absolutely um now so you work you you, you just said you were in rhode island doing a show do you do a lot of have you done a lot of shows out of texas in your career i
3: I travel when when i have to basically Mm. (laughs) when um When the incentive program, you know, the incentive program in Texas has been, you know, so off and on uh, since 2009, Hmm. Um, you know, my preference is to get on a series and stay with, you know, so I can stay home and, you know, be close to my kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but like I said, I I did a couple movies in Pittsburgh as well. Um, Nice. And uh, so I've done Pittsburgh. I've done uh, San Francisco. Oh, wow. i did the uh, the original uh the original parenthood pilot
1: yeah i saw that i was uh, gonna ask you about that and that, where did that uh, and, shoot what's that where did it shoot
3: uh that was kind of oakland san francisco oh. a little bit of both um that uh in jeffrey johnson right. when it went to series he did the the whole the series. series and they moved it to la they rebuilt the rebuilt the the house set and yeah so
1: uh you did a, a good Christian bells too was that the pilot as well
3: um I did the uh yes that was the pilot in 2011 and yeah the, that they was, shoot that in Texas? uh the, yeah just the pilot right and then they moved it uh, it, it Def- went to la for yep. a series i remember that too well wow. so amazing so for a, for a while there I thought I was a good luck charm because a lot of the shows i i did the pilots uh and I- on I was, yeah, yeah. was going to say, I, you know, I didn't it's too always do them, but I, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's too bad. You didn't get residuals because uh, <laughs> that would have been very lucrative for
2: you. So as
3: you can see, I've done a lot of TV, but I love doing features too. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. It's Absolutely. Like, you know,
2: well, the primary um, amount of work out here is mostly television. So I don't know how it's like in Texas, but it's just like, if you're going for just what's available, it's there's about 90% tv out here and then i mean features have just mm-hmm. they've started taking work to uk and everywhere i mean it else. wasn't a la- everywhere else i would say <laughs> and now with, and now with streaming
3: it's just you know so much has gone to these small yeah you know, like eight episode ten episode you know or limited right shows yeah shows and yeah you know, but um but i i'm very happy that i had the tv background even before i got heavier into features uh just because there's a sensibility about it you know sure you, you you know of course they're two totally different animals well, features yeah. versus television but um absolutely but you just kind of picked the you know i'm not sure where i was going with that but yeah well know, it, i try it, to stay well i try to stay well rounded. Yeah. i do commercials too i just yeah, finished uh yeah. i've just finished a, a beer commercial do you got a so, right. you, you yeah
1: can you talk about that you you. it was a giant bud light commercial right
3: Oh yeah. 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 Did it. it. Yeah. It's already aired. I mean, we just finished oh. like two week, a week and a half ago and they've already started airing it. Oh wow. yeah. I know they were trying to roll that baby out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big reset. And they're probably going to make several spots out of it. We shot a lot. Nice. And, uh, but yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah. And so- I was actually on the, uh, the day I graduated, uh, college, uh, or I, uh, I was hired on the Bud Light film crew 30 years ago, Oh, wow. and we traveled. Uh, I was the camera PA, and we traveled all over like Texas and Mexico. We just hit three bars a day. What a, what a job after <laughs> college. I mean, right out of college. Right. It's like, okay, you had, the, you had the lunch crowd, the happy hour, and nightlife. So we, we went from town to town. Uh, sure. all over, and we just put a beer in someone's hand, and they would say, I love Bud Light, and <laughs> <that was it. laughs> I love that. I oh, what's funny is it was also we were kind of putting on a bit of a show, so in addition to the fact we we're making all these spots, um, the uh, it was kind of a promotional deal for them, and uh, every once in a while, you get someone that had consumed a bit too much, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, there's always that shooting on film right right and uh, uh so our our uh, key set pa came up with the jelly roll so if they said jelly roll we just went through the motions but we didn't want to burn the film <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hilarious. so
3: okay this was a jelly roll and we treated it just like but they just didn't roll the camera treated it just like any other it's yeah.
0: crazy
1: so motion. you're slinging real beer
3: right <laughs> yep wow yep.
1: It'll do that That's anymore. That's true.
3: So have you done
2: a lot? Uh, Does, did that lead to a lot of work with them, though? Is that Was that connected to the Bud Light commercial you just did
3: 30 years later? Now? No, I had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, okay, fair It was fair. just <laughs> coincidence. You know. and, uh, but you know how it is when you, f- then I got on the walker, and I kind of fell in that bubble for like eight years. Right. Now, I learned so much, you know, by doing that show. He- but um, uh, then I, you kind of have to, you know, when that's over, it takes a while to get back into, you know, a commercial circle or right. any other, uh, group. Yes. You, you they, know, they forget you exist, people forget about you. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so who
3: was the master for Walker for the, the first round uh, Mike, Mike Parsons. And he is a, a Dallas based prop master mm-hmm. who had, uh, he, he just, uh, I'm trying to think of, he started out with Brian De Palma did a movie in Dallas in 1974 called Phantom of the Paradise, mm-hmm. which uh, was going to supposed to be kind of an answer to Rocky horror, you know, right. Songs written by Paul Williams. I see. And uh, he got a start on that as a stage hand. Then uh, he went on to prop master uh, tender mercies where, right. you know, Robert Duvall won the Oscar for Huge. that. And then he got in with, um, uh, uh Uh, with oliver stone and he did talk radio with oliver and um jfk oh born on the fourth of july the tom cruise movie Mm. and um so and then i came in after that right yeah i guess 1990 or so is when i started with mike parsons i was so with him for a long time he was my mentor nice great
1: I love that. So you are based out of Austin, but do you work out of Dallas a lot as well?
3: Not so much. Not so much. Um, and the, the kind of the the reason why I don't do much work in Dallas. Um, uh, GCB mm-hmm. uh, was that was that was probably the last show I did in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll take it back. I did the reshoots. I prop master the reshoots to Alita Battle Angel. The That's James right. Cameron Robert uh rodriguez right yeah you know, right yeah 200 million dollar uh you know kind of it was really kind of an experiment while for james cameron's avatar away of the water i see yeah as far as they were they were testing out a lot of new technology and all that but um for whatever reason they we shot uh at a studio in dallas for that was- um but what i was going to get at is um you know the union here it's local 484 and it encompasses all of hmm. Texas and Oklahoma. I see. Um, so due to the union standard, the area standard agreement that we're under, um, you have to work as a local. So even though it's you know the state of Texas is 880 miles from
0: right <laughs> from
3: Orange, Texas to El Paso, right. it, you're supposed to work as a local. So when and no one, no producer wants to set a precedent by paying anybody you know right housing in per diem um yeah i i just tend to not yeah, you know, want to go
2: to dallas so to you st- much, sure uh, you stick in austin then most of the time
3: i stick in austin or like i said then I'll, or i'll go if yeah, it's a remote it so does um,
1: is there still uh las colinas studios in there's still dallas? las colinas uh,
3: and, and i don't know how much they do there right but um but that's definitely still there
1: and uh, are there studios in Austin
3: as well? There's Sound Austin stages? Studios, and there's a couple smaller ones uh, mm-hmm. on the outskirts of town. But uh, there's a new re- New Republic, I think it's called, and then but the main one's Austin Studios. And then Robert Rodriguez has Troublemaker, which is kind of kind of connected to Austin Studios. Well, it's a, like a block away, but mm-hmm. it's you know, all all made up of the old airport, all the old tarmacs where they kind of right so they, when you do
1: a series like Friday night lights did you do a lot of stage work on in studio
3: or was it mostly location we did, we did like zero wow. it was all Friday night lights was we had a building that they were going to build some sets in i don't think we ever i know no we never built a set in there. wow it was just it ended up being the construction warehouse and prop and set dressing lockup you know mm-hmm. and uh, it's just you know, an old warehouse that they converted. Right. But, it, uh, but so- yeah, it was, uh, that's the uh, Friday night lights was crazy as far as, uh, a totally different experience than I was used to. Um, but I loved it. Uh, we'd hit sometimes five locations in one day.
0: Holy wow.
2: crap.
3: But uh, they would, uh, they're, they'd have four cameras, uh, no rehearsals, no marks went down. What? They just, they just, shot i mean I, I timed it one time we shot at a uh, dairy queen and we had two pages three actors uh from the time the first truck arrived to the to the time that the last truck left mm-hmm. it was 45 minutes two pages wow two pages it was insane no, no, yeah no and we would two. just bounce around they'd have a our base camp would be kind of in the center of where those five locations would be right So, uh, and then we'd have our little, uh, either steak beds or shorty forties, um, to where that's what we would take. We'd have a prop shorty that would go to, you know, the location. And, uh, then, so we'd run to the mothership at base camp and, (laughs) uh, and grab what we needed for the next location and then head over there. I mean, it was just, we had it down to science. It was crazy. And, And we did like, by, by the end there, we were doing five and a half day episodes, it was kind wow. of insane. How big how big was your team? I did not. I I had two people on set and me and I had a part time buyer. Really? Wow. For those mm-hmm. big football scenes and stuff like <clears throat> well, that? Well, I would get day gonna, players. Yeah, yeah. And we would but we would knock out like three uh probably two games in one weekend. That was all a right. second unit. I basically, see. that makes sense, or like uh it's, uh, it's a little foggy now, but we, yeah, uh, we had a system for it. But we would knock out like two two different episodes of games and right. one or two nights, sure, like a Friday or a Saturday.
2: Yeah, you just try to get it all
3: in. Have you, and, uh, um, have you ever
1: worked in LA? in LA? I
2: have not. Well, I have not. Have you ever had any desire to work out here? It sounds like you did. I, I, I'm just wondering if you just always knew you were just gonna stay in Texas, and, and then the work here was gonna be sufficient enough. I don't know enough about Texas, I guess, the film industry there at all. I didn't even know there was a film industry until I started
3: seeing your TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I if I had to, I would I would have gone probably. Yeah. I you know I just never um, you know I. Oh gosh, it's a long story. I just <laughs> never made the jump because I always was able to find work Exactly
1: here. exactly you know and I, and I was thinking about that because again you know having worked in first in Dallas and then seven years in Pittsburgh, um, I would get people coming in all the time on on films and they'd say, well, you're really good, you should come to LA and I and my response always was, I don't want to go to LA you know LA's crazy yeah you know I mean I like it here <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't until the work dried up in Pittsburgh that I got the mm-hmm. opportunity to come to Hollywood, and I did. But, you know, so there is a draw to being in a small, smaller town, you know, especially where you grew up, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to have a, a much, you know, uh, a better lifestyle where, you know, cost of living isn't as is crazy, although Austin's probably climbing as we speak, oh, it's, it's as,
3: gotten it's a little, little insane. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sure. you're getting all the people that are leaving
2: LA to fill up Austin, <laughs> right?
3: But it's growing, so, it's growing so much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but
1: for me, having done both, you know, again in LA, it, we have so many resources. So my question to you mm. is: is that I mean, you've been doing it for a long time there. You're, you're pretty much one of the resources now in austin but you know how was that for you coming up you know trying to source everything you needed in a you know a secondary market that wasn't really supporting the film industry
3: well you just had to you um you just had to pre-plan a lot more as far as you really had, i had I, you couldn't let the script Gather any dust. The second you got it, you had to look at it and order those things that you had to get from L.A. Have a really good relationship with uh, independent studio services or hand prop room, right, right. And, and uh, figure out, make sure that uh, you know that you really would get it overnight. It. I noticed when I worked in Rhode Island, uh, I had to adapt with uh, uh, just because it says overnight FedEx, if it was coming from uh, from L.A. It was it two two days minimum, no right. matter what. Wow. So you really had to, I you know, because we kind of get spoiled to, you know, hey FedEx that to me, so I have it tomorrow. Right. Um, uh, that's not the case if you're coast to coast. that's for sure. But uh, but yeah, you I just uh, have real, you know, back in the day when we all had catalogs. Uh, now it's a lot easier, you know. Uh, right. you your, uh, it just depends on. You know of course I like anyone I like to, to buy locally as much as I can sure and I and I I'll do the quick skim and, and make my list of, okay this is what I'm gonna get local and this is what I'm gonna you know uh, have to get Amazon or eBay or whatever right. um, you know just um, uh, it yeah it's um, but because of things like FedEx I was able to uh, utilize you know, even as far back as the mid 90s, you know, uh, 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 Los Angeles resources. Right. You know, not for big things. Sure. But, well, sometimes for big things, but that it would be costly, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Like, uh, if you need six dead cows, which, you know, <laughs> I've had to do. Well, of and course you're in Texas, so you've got to be able to see right. dead cows. No, time. no, six fake dead cows. I had, yeah, see, that's, that yes. seems like a bit of a sin. I had to go, I get my fake dead cows out of California. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's better than going down to the local, you know, market or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, oh, no, but
3: I've had to do that too. So, yeah, yeah, I've here. had to have, you know, the whole sides of beef thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And they're so heavy. <laughs> then trying to dispose of them is a whole nother thing. Right. Oh, exactly. I've, I've, to, <laughs> you know, I've had to I've had to make <laughs> fake dead cows look like fake dead buffalo. Oh, and, wow. uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So that's and, where uh, the magic comes in.
3: Yeah, but that's the fun part of right. it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like, exactly. You know figuring out how to troubleshoot and do all that. One thing I, you know, what you were discussing as far as going back to, you know, regional, Mm -hmm. like uh, regional prop masters um, is the way things are different. Like when I was in Rhode Island, the pitcher cars was, you know, basically I, uh, that whole budget came out of the prop budget. Right. And that person was, uh, was uh, IA uh that uh the picture car coordinator right um so it, that was di- so i had to o- kind of oversee that right and was, uh, was that
1: 52 does that does was that their jurisdiction
3: yeah 52 was yeah i don't know if they always do the rhode island stuff but that 52 was they were in charge of that that yeah. particular project for sure right and uh and i know i can't remember about pittsburgh pittsburgh it was more like it was uh as far as i believe transpo handled picture cars yes am that am is right? correct yeah. yep
1: absolutely i mean yeah. at least it was 30 years ago when i was there mm-hmm. but uh, you know and that's how it is it's, it's a mixed local and, there now too man. they have their own local
0: for yeah. sure yeah. that's how and, it is here uh, too
3: <laughs> but one thing that you'll find that uh as far as it's different from los angeles
0: mm-hmm.
3: is uh in local 484 uh, it's, it's all crafts as far as it's not just like y'all have the prop for four. Right. We have right. four eighty four encompasses grips, right. You know, uh, not camera cause there's are 600, 600 there, yeah. but you've got what well, you got grip electric, uh, crafty, uh, you know, uh, the set dressers, mm-hmm. uh, the set decorator. That's all, you right. know, it, Is it's hair, 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 makeup, all in that too, hair, makeup and special effects. So, yeah. um, one thing you'll see more of here is people like I had one assistant that was also a special effects uh guy sure. oh. and he would kind of bounce back and forth I, I know another guy I would just talk, uh, talk to today who's now pretty much a full-fledged special effects technician but he got a start as an onset dresser mm-hmm. and then he did uh, he would day play props with me a little bit and then now he's kind of yeah, you know, gone full fledged. So
2: they, effect. so then they still don't break it up into classifications. Like we have forty four, but we have, they different- have
3: little sub classifications. But you can, uh, you, uh I don't have to ask for special permission oh, to right. like to hire so and so as a, you know a prop person, even though he's he's listed as effects in the you know. In, so if you if you oh, if see. you if wanted to be an
2: electrician mo- on a day tomorrow, you're allowed to just go do, do that.
3: Yes, and I, there's a prop assistant in um, uh, in Dallas that, that does that all the time. He, he does props, he's an armor, and he's a grip. Oh, right. wow. Sure, because yeah. there's
1: just not enough work to keep yourself exactly. going. I mean, when that's, I was in yeah. Pittsburgh before we were at union, I did that. All. I started was... as a PA, and then I was a cat wrangler on one movie, yeah, yeah. and I was a location <laughs> scout on another movie, you know, and
3: that's just the way it was. Um, and that's kind of why, in a lot of my, my content, where I like to talk about practical effects and uh, the reason why I do that, and I always say this is the, you know, on a union show, this would be the responsibility of an effects person um, is we, as prop people have to work so closely with effects. And I know, I don't know about, about y'all, but um, on the lower budget projects, you tend to, you kind of get stuff thrown at you. Yeah and that's kind of where i kind of developed an affinity for some of that stuff and uh that's why i'm i'm a kind of pro, i'm the kind of prop master that w- loves working with the special effects department yep. and you yeah. know uh, i i just enjoy that part of it helping to troubleshoot and come up yes. with ways cuz half the time you're doing something that's never been done before right. or you're uh you're altering something that has been done before to do a different specific purpose and, uh, yeah, that's, that's fun for me. Yeah. yeah.
2: I've learned a lot of tricks from just watching your Instagram. Video. No, no. Like the, the, the ice cream sandwich thing. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like,
3: that is so
2: genius. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like there's yes. still stuff. I was like, I thought I've learned most of the tricks, but then you've a new video and it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: that's, that's one of the things I, I miss about being in the in the Pittsburgh market for, in. in particular for me um was that camaraderie that you have to have because you are doing a lot of different things and everybody you know there's not as much of that's not my job you know it's like everybody jumps into you know to handle what needs to get done wherever it needs to get done. I mean, when I was in Pittsburgh, I had an e-fan on my truck, you know, and we we had uh, Hudson sprayers and we would do rain on windows, you know, whatever it took, you know, because there just wasn't necessarily a special effects guy around. Um, But what do you think that there's any downside to not having specific craft people?
3: Well, as far as it's, it's all nature of the environment. You know, as far as there's just not enough work here. So it helps to, you know, to, for people to be a little more, uh, you know, have, I guess, you know, some simple knowledge of several different skills, <laughs> right? be it, you know, grip, props, special effects or whatever that may be. And um, uh, yeah, there is a downside to it because then I guess it, if you're one of those that's doing three different crafts you're you're not definitely not going to be an expert in it so right. you'll you know you should be more you know probably work better as a as a day player or right. third but you know as far as when it comes to you know being an expert in your craft it's really best to stick with one
1: right you know? so when you get into a situation where there's several projects filming at once you you're and you're running out of prop people do you ever bring people in from outside of
3: I, I do when, when I need to. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. And do you get pushback on that? I mean, it, it'll... well,
3: I'll I have to run it by the business agent and let right. me know, you know, and uh, but what I, what I do is I stay real dialed into the commercial world mm-hmm. uh, as far as there are a, a, a lot of people that I have brought in from that started or, or spent years just being an art assistant in commercials. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you bring someone in that's been, uh, you know, doing, you know, commercials for a long time, they've kind of got, uh, well, I'll bring them in as day players. You know? Sure. And then, uh, and, but they've got a good, just, they, they've had to do everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, on a, if you're doing art department on a commercial, you're doing animals, cars, you're doing props, you're doing, you're set yeah. building, yep. you know, absolutely you're doing all that. So that's why I kind of have like to bring in assistance from that realm but a lot of those are already union right yeah or in the union
1: so texas is a right to work state right correct how does that Mm -hmm. affect the union and union shows in any way
3: or negotiations
1: i guess That's a good question
3: (laughs) it doesn't really i mean if it's a got a union standard agreement i mean a lot of times I, i i mean if i uh but I don't typically I don't bring in anyone unless there's absolutely no one available. So sure. I'll get them on the work hire list, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You know? Right. And how many
2: how many other prop like is there competition there? Like how many other prop masters are working out of Austin
3: right now? And are you guys all friends and buddies and stuff? Yeah, we're all we're all friends. I mean, there's um, there's Jason Hammond, um, who um, who does a lot of the uh, troublemaker stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Whenever I just, when I pretty much was tied up on television, he came in and when they would uh, uh, do a project, uh, when Robert Rodriguez would do a project, uh, Jason would do it. And uh, then there's Stan Gilbert. I don't
2: know. There's probably four or five. Okay. Hmm. And And you guys bounce work to each other also?
3: Oh, all the time. Oh, all the time.
2: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then is there like you've been out there for as long as you have, has there ever been a scary moment or has there been consistent work the entire time you've been there?
3: No, I mean, it hasn't always been consistent. Like in 2011, that's when I kind of had to travel. Um, uh, When I did, when I went to Pittsburgh, when I went to, you know, Alabama for the Mm -hmm. mud, uh, you know, Baton Rouge for pitch perfect went back to Pittsburgh for the Gus Van Sant movie, Promised Land. Right. So,
2: so what was yeah. your process about to getting those jobs? Then they they weren't looking for you in Texas or anything like that. Do You actually have to like reach out to try to get those gigs.
3: No, I just I, I I just got lucky. I you know you build relationships with with producers and production managers, and I there was a guy that uh, uh, Ron Schmidt. I don't know if y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Schmidt is a producer and um, he did the Chronicles and Arnia movies and all that. Well, he right. had done a movie. I did a movie for him here in, in Austin called uh, two, two different, uh, there was um uh, well, I had assisted on how to eat fried worms. He did a lot of the Walden media stuff. And then he did, uh, I prop master band slam for him. And uh, so when he had uh, a movie called won't back down in Pittsburgh, he invited me out you know well and so when you went to pittsburgh uh, did you use a pittsburgh crew
1: when you were up there oh yeah yeah right Mm
3: -hmm. 100 percent. i didn't didn't bring didn't bring anyone both both times i hired yeah they hired local
1: they got good crew up there now for sure um so you mentioned robert rodriguez so is that who you did grindhouse with or did you work with quentin
3: on that just have to have uh it. no that yeah. w- that was with robert i kind of helped prep the death proof a little bit because that was i mean you know while we were uh it's a long story it took a while to do grindhouse there was a lot of uh, too much to go into right, right? um but i wasn't uh, i had already done the pilot for friday night lights i didn't want to commit uh to doing the whole run of mm-hmm. grindhouse because i knew i was looking it up probable five years yeah well on friday night lights um and i wasn't hired there was a prop master um friend of mine that was doing it um then he was not going to be able to do uh death proof and i I was kind of offered I, i was offered death proof um but i didn't take it because i really you know i i had like i said i had already done the pilot i felt you know like i should stick with it and i knew it was it was five years at home if it right and uh you know peter berg directed the pilot of friday night lights it had a really good pedigree and uh coming and have already been based on you know having the movie before that i was gonna say (laughs) Uh, i i I knew that the odds were really good of that taking off and uh and you know i'm glad i did it yeah and and i'm still going back and done some uh troublemaker stuff i did machete right yeah And that was that was insane. Yeah, I read the script. I was like, okay, I have to do this.
2: Well, you got to do it anyway Um, when the name of the movie is a prop, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh lord! No, I warn people
3: if the name of the movie is a prop, stay away. (laughs) I'm serious. I did Mad Money. Right. Uh, That was uh, we. It was about a federal bank robbery with diane keaton queen latifah and katie holmes and uh so we like built a federal reserve bank and i had to replicate like 600 million in cash and half of it was being destroyed Uh, like there were all these scenes where it's getting put in a uh, in a shredder
1: of course
2: so as
3: soon as we get it aged and looking good we were destroying right it was was
1: well you also did a movie called i love dick so we won't go into that (laughs)
3: We will not go into that. That was actually, that was, no, that was a series uh, for Amazon. Oh, a series uh, starring Kevin Bacon. So, oh, nice. And, and it was a great group of people. Um, uh, and yeah, we, I didn't do the, who was the, the, there's a prop master in LA named Jody. Jody Mann?
1: Jody Mann, sure.
3: Yeah. So she did the, um, she did the series in LA and then they shot all the exteriors. I see in uh, Marfa, Texas. Oh, so man. I just went and did all the I see. Yeah, I had to do all the exterior. That now that's a pain because you're having to track like eight episodes that you didn't do. Before. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's a and
3: and you're matching some of the stuff people going interior to exterior matching the 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 champagne glass or the right, you, you know piece of candy they were eating yeah it was that's brutal yeah but yeah. well, it, it ended up not being too bad uh, that's a case of where i uh they did send the assistant prop master to uh to work it oh that's as good. well so for some continuity yeah so that was that was the saving grace there
1: so uh you're no uh stranger to blood i see you did friday the 13th and texas chainsaw massacre along with machete so
0: <laughs> oh
3: yeah, a whole section in my closet of clothes that were ruined. That right, the blood stains, blood yeah. splatter.
0: Hmm. That's well, you can
2: still use them again on your next Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah, movie, there right? you go.
3: Yeah. Um. Then what? Yeah. At- horror movies are tough. If y'all, I mean, well, of course, well. Not that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a horror, but it was a pretty bloody movie. Oh, yeah, I, at the end there. I would say Quentin Tarantino, even if it's not a horror movie, it's they're, they're the same, you know, as far as in the amount of bloodshed.
1: Yeah, that, that final scene was actually supposed to be a lot longer and a lot bloodier, and for whatever reason, I'm not sure why he decided to tone it down and have it be what it was. Um, so I... I was able to, you know, avert all of that blood gore. I mean, I did a lot of that in my career and I never really liked doing the bloody parts, bloody stuff. But,
3: uh, oh, Joel, trying to get you, you know, when your props get covered in blood, it's yeah. its bad.
1: Yeah. And it's all you sticky know? and it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm.
3: You <laughs> never get the stickiness off of yeah. the right. props. And and the paint like starts blood. coming off. Right. And, and then <laughs> all of the props,
1: you know, the 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 knives, they get all gummed up. And, uh, I mean, I had a horrible time with the, with the the um, Tex Watson's twenty two gun.
2: Oh no! When, when, <laughs> she, when she
1: was coming out of the pool with that gun, and she and he wanted her firing it as she came out of the water. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Quentin, that gun's not going to fire if from underwater. Right. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it's going to get wet. So we had to do <laughs> yeah. where she would come up and stop, and I would switch the gun out and give her another Drop gun. It out. <laughs> but then it was in the middle of the night, and what was happening was is that because it was cold. The um, the chambers and uh, the cylinders in the in uh, um, the gun were um, constricting. Oh no! So when it mm. came time to s- switch out the 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 blanks, they were jammed. They were jammed. So I have to go have to off out. the set huh? and like bang the th- this the gun to get these things out. I didn't know what was happening at first, but then I figured it out. <laughs> it was a little scary because he didn't like to wait. <laughs> but
3: uh, oh yeah i know i i never worked with quentin with him as a director on uh on planet terror he was there the whole time like operating b camera wow. really just, yeah uh-huh. with uh yeah because he's you yeah, know he and he and Robert are buddies yeah so he was he so yeah yeah I, like man. i said i so i never he was there as like producer slash sure b camera <laughs> 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 and uh which was funny. And then I did get to come visit when, uh, uh, they were doing death proof because I, I had just done a movie with Kurt Russell, Mm. uh, with Guillaume Delouche. Nice. Uh, uh, called dreamer. And I got to, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of Kurt Russell's prop guy. I was like, uh, with him most of the time. And, uh, and so we gotten to be friends. So I went and visited, uh, and I knew it was a totally different set with Quentin as director because he had like a he had like a stereo going the whole time yep. in between shots. Yep. Oh, that's music cool. Out. Absolutely. And did did he do that on uh, yours
1: as well? Yeah. I mean, it was um, again working on that movie was unlike any movie I've ever worked on. And and he is so actor centric. I mean, we would open mm-hmm. up sets and he would be like, "Okay, everybody, you know, fuck off, go do something," because I'm going to just you know walk around the sets with the actors for like two hours. You know, just for them to get comfortable in the sets and in in Rick's uh, house, he was playing the jukebox all the time, and and they would just let it roll. And I'm like, how are they doing that? And like, sound mixer knows what to do. He could take it out. It's like, wow, crazy. The sound mixer could just take it out. I, I yeah, they we we did a lot of scenes with the jukebox playing in the background. You know, so um, wow, now yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's definitely a different experience. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, your relationship with Kurt Russell, but you also probably have a pretty strong relationship with
3: Chuck Norris too. At this point, right? Well, yeah, I haven't talked to Chuck in years, but yeah, no. Well, you yeah, know, he was my boss for eight years, so. But yeah, he, uh, you know, yeah. he was he was a good boss. Yeah, I hear that about him. So, he's a good guy. Glad. Is he still doing anything? Uh, I think he's pretty much retired. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he's. He's yeah. not grinding out movie after movie. No, right? no, no, no. <laughs> not like Travolta, right? Yeah. No, or Nick Cage, <laughs> right? And his uh but his son is a uh, is a stunt coordinator. Um and has done a lot of stuff, Eric Norris. Hmm. And he's... And I'd actually worked with Eric on necessary roughness before I'd worked with Chuck. I see. Oh. And uh and Eric was a stunt uh, was a, a stunt performer on Machete. So, you know, we all kind of cross paths here and there.
1: Very cool. Um, so let's uh, segue into your your TikTok world and your videos and your YouTube videos. I mean, uh, again, I hadn't heard about them, and, um, and I'm sure this is a case for a lot of people. My son told me about it. Okay, he's like, well, what about Scott Reader? I'm like, what? Who's Scott Reader? And he's like, no, dad. He's like, he's got these great videos on TikTok. And I'm like, start watching him. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are brilliant.
3: So, uh, I mean, yeah. what
1: was the genesis of
3: all of that? Well, um, the way it the way it started was my daughter, I guess, in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, like mm. around March or April of 2020, um, my daughter was on TikTok and i was like what what's that you're scrolling constantly right she showed it to me and then uh so i ended up ended up downloading the app (laughs) and i saw uh there was some some guys you know doing dad jokes or whatnot and i'm like well i can do that (laughs) Um, so i was bored i'm like so i just went in the backyard and i'm just you know holding the phone up and right you know do a joke, and I was able. I actually built like uh, before I did anything prop related. I had like, I'd say about ninety thousand. Oh my followers God. on TikTok.
2: Wow how how do the followers on that? I don't know how to use TikTok. I've I, I, I don't
1: confounds <laughs> me.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. How do you gain that many followers? Like, do you have to do
3: hashtags to get people looking, or is there like? How, you know, it's, it's just kind of, they've got, it's something about their algorithm. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I would, but I did, I had posted quite a few before I started getting views and right. it, okay. it, it, it got to where I almost quit and I'm like, well, look, why am I bothering? There's no one seeing this. Sure. Uh, these. And then I had one, what was the joke? It was, uh, uh it takes me 10 minutes to walk to the bar but forty-five minutes to walk home—the difference is staggering. <laughs> and and, uh, and that one took off. I'm like, wow! Look, I just got <laughs> freaking five hundred thousand views, and and it's kind of a—it was kind of addicting. It was kind of cool because then everyone's throwing their comments in, right? And uh, uh it, it was fun. It's uh, but no, you would just—I would just do two or three hashtags like dad jokes, comedy, whatnot. Right. And then, um, I, I got back to work on the Amazon show I was on Mm -hmm. called panic. And I guess one of my assistants, I think it was Poppy said, Hey, why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, your dad jokes are cool and all, but what if you did something about, you know, props, like what we do, you know, break a bottle against your head and that's exactly what I did. So I did, uh, I held up a breakaway beer bottle and Mm -hmm. said, this is, you know, yeah, you know, this is made of resin. It's not sugar. And, right. you know, best to, you know, try to keep the, you know, it's going to have some tiny fragments that you don't want to get in your eyes. And I just busted it on my head. And then I got a ton of views. And then I was like, well, you know, it would be fun. I don't, I've, you know, uh, would be to do like the, the grocery bags. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, why don't I do grocery bags and uh, the silent pool balls? Oh right. yeah. And I had, uh, so I, so I combined the two and then ended it with a ball sack joke. And that was the first one I did where I ended it with a joke. Right. Right. And that's kind of, that's what, that was what made itch. it take off. It yeah. got like, it was insane. It got like 12, 12 million views. Oh my God. Uh, and at the time I maybe had 60 followers on Instagram somebody called me up and said, man, why don't you post something on Instagram? You got 9,000 followers. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea.
3: I, right. I got over there. So I, I started posting stuff on Instagram. I kind of, you know, I kept kind of just feeling obligated to branch out into other, sure. uh, uh, other platforms. I mean, that's what happened with YouTube. I never, right. I was always intimidated by YouTube, but I got forced into it. <laughs> it was um, in, april of 2021 mm-hmm. i uh somebody said hey man uh, i like your youtube channel and i'm like what are you talking about i don't have a youtube, <laughs> I don't have a YouTube channel. wow and some somebody uh started a channel called it the prop master i see and uh and had used my profile picture wow. and posted like four, 40 of my videos wow and so i had to i had to start a YouTube channel to file the copyright strikes to get the sure uh, to, to get it back, to get the guy to cease and desist. And, um, did that one so have a lot of kinda, followers
2: too? What's that?
3: Did the one Oh yeah. You, he yeah. had like almost a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm most proud of is that's a big setback. So not only am I going into it, you know, totally for, you know, not, uh, with zero, subscribers right there are a hundred thousand people out there that think they're already following me right you know and and i was mad yeah how do you sw- how do you
1: swing them back
3: uh well i you know i did a I got about two thousand by doing a video on tiktok say explaining what I happened uh-huh. and you know and and uh so i was able to get a you know a, a few of them back that way And uh, I don't know. I just I I started getting a little, uh, yeah, little a little down about it because like all that summer of 2021, I was posting six videos a week and nothing. And I had like the 2,000 subscribers, and that was it. And then in August of 2021, one of the I guess my prop drinks video, right, just boom, and then all of them all at once. So in huh. a matter of like a week, I had 100,000. Wow. Damn. It's like no rhyme or
1: reason. It's a,
3: right? And then uh, and then it just kind of steadily kept kept growing.
2: Is it the same yeah. thing? Is it pretty much just uh, to more space out your, your TikTok stuff? Like is all the videos pretty much the exact same thing, just spread out over multiple forms of media?
3: Yeah, basically. Well, some, some stuff – on TikTok doesn't really translate. It's kind of trend stuff that's right. like inside joke for TikTok that I won't do. And I'll do some stuff. I'll do some long form, a little bit of long form on YouTube. Um so there's some stuff that's kind of exclusive uh into Instagram, but it, for the most part, yeah. So what I do is I don't edit in on a particular platform. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people utilize the TikTok tools. Um and they've and they've got some great stuff. Sure. I mean, it's it's pretty fun, yeah. What what you can pull off with their stuff, but I I use a, a different editing application. Um, that way, I don't have to deal with anyone's watermark or you know, right. And it's mine. I own it, and I'll just post on all three platforms at once.
2: Okay, how many how many uh, followers you, or subscribers do you have on YouTube at this point? Um, Eight hundred thousand. Yeah eight hundred thousand yeah so I just
3: I just hit 800 over the weekend
2: really so is that mm-hmm. when you get to that point do they start like do you get a payout do they start monetization mm-hmm. at that point
3: oh I started monetization on it at like a hundred thousand whoa right,
2: and they're sending you plaques
3: at that point too aren't they or mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah I got a plaque at hundred thousand uh or the silver play button the silver or, play uh, button, button. Yeah, yeah. The silver play button. So it, you get another uh, one at
2: a million, mix, I think, too. <laughs> yeah,
3: you get gold at a million. But, yeah, wow.
1: So what? Do, that, what do your kids think about all of I'm this? Getting
3: closer. Yeah. Oh, they're proud of me. You know. Bet. I bet. Um, uh, it's yeah. I maybe a little. I don't know if they're. I my daughter gets a little frustrated because she does a lot of artwork on TikTok, oh, really? Instagram, and she'll spend a lot of time on it, sure. and then she'll post it, and it won't get the like. The right. same amount of views, and I'm like, Phoebe, we can't compare. What? No. You're yeah, doing, not, yeah, you're, not even clear. You're doing yeah. art. You're doing something totally different than me, and it's right. just gonna, you know.
2: And daddy's is just an
1: influencer now.
3: Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: your dad jokes are they original dad jokes, or do you, do you like search around for books and some stuff, of them?
3: You? Some of them are original. Some of them are old jokes yeah. that have been around a long time, and I'll just kind of adapt them. Right. Uh, but the ones that the ones that are uh, in my prop videos, that's pretty much me. Um, as far as I just kind of uh, just situational jokes of where sure. I can tie a pun into, yes, I love it. You know, yeah, when you ask a prop Tied person to a thing. pan left, uh, that one, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: very nice.
2: That
3: one turned out really good. I was, yeah, yeah, that's you know. good. So, how much and that's one I just kind of wrote on the fly, you know, yeah.
1: how much of your day is taken up by uh creating TikTok and YouTube videos?
3: Well, you know, when I'm working on a show. I'll uh I'll wait until you know end of the day till my guys have because uh, the last thing I want is is my any of my crew saying oh he's messing with t- a TikTok or anything right, like that right. so I wait yeah I don't want them saying you know thinking that so I put in my day's work and at the end of the day I will I will shoot it you know when the right. office is empty uh you know or I'll go back in the warehouse and then do it. So but I'll have kind of had it thought out right. beforehand.
1: So, do you feel the pressure of having to keep up with producing content?
3: Yeah, I do. I, um, but, and I'm not to, I don't know. I feel like I just got to tell myself, hey, you're building a brand. Maybe right. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. Sure. But I'm just kind of seeing what happens, you know? Um, yeah, and it is it's a decent little side gig. I mean, now that with the writer strike,
0: yeah.
3: um, I've been very fortunate that the, the TikTok has kind of have re uh, refashioned how they pay creators. Oh. Okay. So now that's kind of comparable to what YouTube is. So I mean, I'm definitely not getting rich off of it. Yeah, sure. I <laughs> cannot quit my day job right. uh yet. But who I mean Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So I'm just but but it's, it's consistently grown. So um, I'm just going to keep at it, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a ner- worth my while enough to keep doing it. Sure. Yeah. And, it sounds
2: seems like yeah. you like it too. You have a fun time doing yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're-
3: and, you know, and my, my kind of, my demographic audience is, you know, 18 to 24. I think there's a lot of younger, I've, There's pro- it's probably more like 13, but uh, right. if, as far as what, what you see on uh, your analytics for Mm -hmm. tiktok and youtube it just kind of says 1834 demographic is like 80 percent of my audience um so it's a lot of people that what i like about it is that i'm showing people that you you don't just have a writer director and an actor right there are other jobs and fun jobs and jobs that you can make a living doing you know yeah be it a prop master a special effects person costumes there's you know that's a lot of people didn't know that the prop master existed you know i was surprised at how you know and um that yes that's a viable career that's something that you could do you know and and i think that's what the property masters guild is doing is uh, and what we will do uh yeah as you know chris is is give them the tools to figure out how to get that foot in the door 100
1: and again i just uh, I have to acknowledge you for it scott i mean like i said in, in the opening i mean you, you've given this uh, the craft such agency in just such a sweet and beautiful way you know and I'm, I'm wondering do you get a lot of people coming to you commenting or asking you how do i do this how do i get into props and i mean you you have to be inspiring a lot of people i mean again because for us you know we already know this is the funnest job on the set yeah okay and you're showing that that's absolutely true um so what do you how do you deal with people who are asking you you know how to get in and where are are oh a lot
3: of them all direct to the pmg website and i'll say or yeah and it's i mean but i'm not just dealing with people from the united states i'm dealing with uh uh are talking to people from in, in the UK mm-hmm. and uh, or w- all over. Right. <laughs> um, And it's very much so location dependent. Well, if you're, you know, if you're in a rural area, you're going to need to go somewhere where it's more metropolitan, yeah. where there are productions being made. Right. 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 You're not going to be able to do this from, unless you are making props and shipping them to people. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and part of it is letting them know that you know a prop master is not a prop maker you know right. there are yeah. you know a prop masters that make stuff you know i dabble in it my uh, my assistant prop masters uh, can can make my assistant prop master he can make anything right um but uh there uh, you don't have to be you know of a skilled prop maker to be a prop master you know, that it's just kind of trying to let people know the next step once they're, they're showing interest and, and and let them know what jobs are out there. Right. Um, And, uh, but it's, like I said, it's, it's depend, it's location dependent, you know, as far as if, if, uh, if someone's asking me uh, how to get a job in LA, I'll, I will refer them to someone that's in LA.
0: Right.
3: You know, and, and I would just give the, you know, say that the resources are the, uh, the Los Angeles Film Commission or, or several of them mm-hmm. um the uh the local 44 right, you know right. to get on their website get yep. on their uh, you know the work hire list if they have that mm-hmm. or uh you know in because there are resources out there 100%. Dig. and um uh and here in Texas I'll tell them to you know on the our 484 website has you know it has a, a, a thing to click on to uh, put your name on the list, you know? Yeah. And uh, the other thing I like to tell people is to uh, call up local commercial production companies. Right. Because that's one good foot in the door is doing, you know, is doing art department uh, where you kind of get a little bit, of, a little taste of construction art department, like I said before, and, you know, and props. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's just a good way to kind of, you know, get meet other people in the local industry because it's all about knowing who's in the industry. You know, it's yeah. all about who, you know,
1: absolutely. Um,
2: and,
3: uh,
1: yeah. Do you have a, you have a,
2: you you mentioned that he has a prop house. In, right. Yeah, out that there? was the next thing I was going to bring up in Austin. Yeah. How, how does that look? Is that like, do you have like a warehouse space and everything for like a big
3: or warehouse? Just, just like my influencer career, I'm not quitting my day job. <laughs> uh, but but um, uh, I do mainly uh, hand props and vocational stuff. So I've got right. police gear, yeah. uh, right. the the re- replica weapons of every form of fashion, some Western. I've got luggage out the wazoo. You know, just uh, you know, laptops. Uh, a lot of uh, like every kind of ambulance gurney uh just those good general hard to right. fi- hard to find stuff hard to know. ship too right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know like I said uh you know hospital exam tables uh you know iv pumps um you know stuff stuff like that right oh cool and uh radios computer monitors just the, you know just your general complement of
1: stuff right. And you're servicing like just the whole state of Texas, probably right, and elsewhere.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I occasionally ship, like mm-hmm. I've I've got a lot of my stuff uh, with uh, uh, Jeffrey Johnson in Montana, Uh oh, right. On that or Kevin Utah, Koster. right, because yep. I have a pretty decent collection of the uh, uh, the uh, Comanche gear. Well, not oh. just Comanche, but just um, uh, yeah, that's hard to come by. Yeah. That's the, good to know. We're right.
2: working on a film out
1: near there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Well. And yeah, uh, actually it's Jeffrey Johnson and Anna Losby. They're just finishing up.
1: Yeah, they're in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the, yeah. I'm sorry. That's say Montana. Yeah. yeah, that's Utah. They're in Utah for sure.
1: Right. That's the Kevin um, Costner thing, right? Is it Moab, maybe?
2: Yeah. Mo- oh, oh, oh no. Uh, yeah.
3: Saint St.
1: George.
2: St. George's Zion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's gotcha. Oh, that's I would love to shoot
1: there. It's beautiful. I know it's there. beautiful. It really, is. It's probably That's, getting hot know, this time of year, but yes, <laughs> yes, exactly.
3: That was one thing about working with Chuck Norris is every year we would do a couple episodes on the road. So, Ooh. uh, yeah, one year we do Montana, the next uh, no, we did uh, we did Utah. We did mm. Park City, Utah. We oh. did uh, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado. Right. Oh, cool. And then back to Park City. Yeah. So we do. We would, uh, or we call them our vacation episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's nice when you get it. But Chuck Norris was a
3: workaholic. We shot 20, uh, 22, and no, the first few years was like 26 episode seasons. Wow. Right? Very. That's how it used to be back in mm-hmm. the day, right? So 26 episodes. And so that give you maybe a month and a half off. Yep. And Chuck would schedule a freaking TV movie. <laughs> to fill the chat, we're like, please, Chuck, no. And that's
2: yeah. probably why he's not doing much now. Yeah, so he, exactly. he, he, he dialed it's it all in, con-
1: counting his money. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so I remember, I don't know, this is such a total segue, but um, I remember working Texas, the uh, Texas Teamsters. They were, uh, <laughs> do you have any Texas Teamster stories?
3: that oh, you want man. to say on air the question is do i have a texas teamster story and will i yeah yeah i gotta be careful what that, that, that you'll survive yeah <laughs> well, will survive or no. um i guess it de-
1: they're a great bunch of guys i'm here to, i'm telling you yeah, right now i mean yeah. you know no, okay because again yeah, I, they're a
3: great bunch of guys and then you've got um Phil Schreiber, who's amazing. He's, uh, based out of Austin and he started a company called film fleet mm. and film fleet has grown, uh, this back in 2004, when Louisiana started doing their incentive program, he opened up an office there and he's grown it into a multi million dollar company rivaling some of the Los Angeles transportation companies. Mm. And, um, uh, and he's, uh, he's an amazing guy. And, uh, and he's done wonderful things for the Austin uh, film industry. Um, yeah, what it is, it's more so that you've got your Dallas Teamsters, your San Antonio Teamsters, yes. and your Austin Teamsters. Right. They all have their different personalities. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, um, I wanna, I,
1: I'd like to do a series of I mean, because I've, again, I've worked in a lot of markets all around the country and the Teamsters are unique in every one of them. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's fun. But I do remember, you know, as a young man working in Waxahachie, Texas. On the Horton Foot movie, uh, the teamsters coming in, and those were the guys that like waded into the bush to get to make sure there was no snakes.
3: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They, they, oh, wow! Well, <laughs> I'll check. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there was like. Oh, we
3: we have snake wranglers. Yeah, no, right there I'm sure yeah.
1: there are, but back in 1983, yeah. there were you know they were the teamsters. Right,
3: yeah. mm-hmm. so, it was, oh, so that was okay. Horton Foot, uh, that was. Was that in Dallas? What show was it? It
1: was uh, called um, uh, On Valentine's Day. It was part of a trilogy um, that he did right after Trip to Bountiful.
3: Did Ken Harrison direct it? Ken that?
1: Harrison, yes. Yep. Absolutely.
3: I think he passed away recently.
1: Really? And uh, Gray Davis
3: was on that? Yeah. And I did uh, I did a movie with... Um, Ken Harrison directed a movie back in 1989 as well, and I worked on it. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and i remembered he had done a couple of the horton foot things right but uh but the the yeah the dallas teamsters were again i'm i'm nervous to tell any of the stories um <laughs> you had the, i'm not gonna put Mill- you on the spot <laughs> the millican brothers you remember okay. them
1: that, well, that sounds familiar i did a lot yeah, of commercials in dallas that's i did like 30 commercials i worked for the james gang you ever worked for those guys the james no game.
3: i'd heard of them i had never worked yeah. for them yeah yeah but yeah they were big um as far as now i will say on my first movie that's uh in 1989 it was we have beverly d'angelo mm. and she told me the the first teamster jokes i'd ever heard right um, <laughs> and what was what you know and going the whole stereotype that you know yeah. the what what okay i'm just gonna say him. yeah this um, is the the one and these were told to me by beverly d'angelo is uh uh how do you know how do you know a teamster is dead
1: the donut drops out of his hand
3: okay yeah that- <laughs> See, that's an old one <laughs> i, I actually
1: i actually uh i i, I created a uh, i made up a teamster joke when i was like 25 years old. I say it and I don't know if I... I never get the response I think I should get for it. But it's a real insider joke, though. Okay, so it's... The the joke is, how come there were no Teamsters at the Last Supper? Why? Because they all broke a half
0: hour early. Oh... That's pretty good. <laughs> well, you
2: know, that's good.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good segue into uh, what did Jesus say to the Teamsters before he died? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't know. Don't do anything until I get back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice.
1: You know, but that's the thing about Teamster jokes. You can insert anybody into the. You yeah, know, if you're any listening
3: to this, it's, it's, it's really. It's a just, lot of it's love. Just a, it's an unfair stereotype that you guys got. 100%.
1: <laughs> I I had to deal with uh, Hawaiian teamsters when I first came to LA. I, I think I told that story before, so mm-hmm. I won't say it again. But that was a little scary, but uh, I survived. So <laughs> and then, of course, in Pittsburgh, most of the teamsters were like retired judges and <laughs> such that like like had fallen from grace <laughs> somehow, oh, and then so they wow. got a job as a teamster in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, that's what I loved about working in the secondary market. You know, and again, I don't want to go back to um, rust in New Mexico, but a lot of that Wild West mentality exists in secondary markets. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, I brought it up before with the whole uh, thing with um, Randy Miller as well. It's just, you know, uh, and I don't know, you tell me, Scott, if this is... true for you but again when we, we were out there you know you're the big fish in town you know it's like well, you're in with the movie crew you know and everybody is you know you feel bigger than life because you're on a film crew and people treat you that way I remember talking to a, a director once in Pittsburgh um, talking about filming outside of Los Angeles and they said the reason I like to film outside of Los Angeles they said we were shooting and I think they were shooting in Cleveland or something like that and they were filming at this riverside and across the river there was a bridge that was lit and the director was like i don't you know that that's really bug it's really killing me that the lights from that bridge are not really helping me out in this scene and so the location manager got on the phone and called somebody in the city and like within 20 minutes they turned off all the lights on the bridge for the film crew (laughs) (laughs) well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. try that wow. in Los Angeles, right? That's just yeah. not going to happen. You know, so it that's that that whole camaraderie, you know, and and the notion of, you know, we're bigger than life that on you know, the film crew, it, it, I I really <laughs> felt that more there than I do in Los Angeles. Where in Los Angeles it just feels more like an industry. Yeah. You know, it, it's a machine. You know you're working for a machine. Yeah, you know, and and everything, all the eyes are dotted, all the T's are crossed, you know. So, like for us, like what happened in in New Mexico, we think that that would never happen here. There's so many things that would prevent that from happening here. But you could see where in some of these smaller markets, where people aren't looking and watching as much, and they're and who who they're hiring isn't necessarily you know being scrutinized properly, things happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that that's like. A, a real um concern sometimes i mean again scott you mm-hmm. i'm sure well, you, you've have, come across that in your career
3: oh i've i've been uh so before russ i did uh so in 2017 i did uh, the long road home which was uh national geographics foray into narrative uh you know and it was based on a novel all about an ambush so it was eight episodes of an ambush in iraq in 2004 mm. Um, and I had like Greg Bilson of ISS called me and said, are you kidding me? When I said the, the, what the order was, we had like, we needed like 350,000 rounds. Wow. And that was oh. on top of, uh, I, I had a lot of airsoft as well. So I was sure. going to have the Iraqi insurgents on rooftops. I give them the good, yeah you know, the airsoft AKs. case in a case of green gas. Right. Right. And then, uh, and that actually, that worked good. That, that worked good, but still we were just, it was so much, I didn't sleep well on that show. I had, I had five armors and I, you know, I, I knew that I knew, knew them all. Sure, knew they were trustworthy. Um, but as you know, once you put something in an actor's hand, I had 20 actors in the back of a military pickup truck, all firing, uh, you know, uh, M fours and um with blanks, all it takes is a bump and a barrel hitting somebody's ear right. you know i mean yeah. 100 or in the eye or whatever i was just a nervous wreck the whole time yeah um uh but we got through it yeah and and no injuries and it was it was good but it was uh the, it was nerve-wracking uh but i knew i had people that had had a, a good background sure and um So it all starts with uh, that first armor you you hire and then they bring in people that they trust. And um, so it worked out. But yeah, it's it's um, it's difficult when you're in an area where there aren't a ton of people around. But luckily, uh, the production company was were willing to let me bring people in when needed. Right, you well,
1: know. and again, that I think was is the difference between that and what happened in New Mexico.
3: It's about being given the resources you right. need to get your job done.
0: Because
1: I get concerned that there are like producers that come into these smaller markets thinking, I can get away with stuff I can't get away with in Los Angeles. Right. You know, so yeah. um, So I, oh. I feel for people in these markets that have to deal with this. I know, because again, I, I deal with attitudes all the time when I was in Pittsburgh with people coming in from LA thinking that, you know, we're just a bunch of locals you know we don't really know what's going on and the truth of the matter is, is it's much harder to to make a film outside of los angeles than it is in los angeles because again you don't have the resources so um, i i i have a strong affinity for all of the people in all of the other markets outside of la because uh, I again, I remember before I came to LA, there was a I'm sure it was a wives' tale, but they <laughs> talked about oh, yeah, in Los Angeles, all you do is go to the prop house and hand them a script, uh, the script, and they pull everything for you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. that, sure. wasn't, that wasn't true, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. but that was kind of like the prevailing thought yeah.
3: about <laughs> I see Yeah, but that's one thing that you know, um, uh, with with uh, Los Angeles and uh, but what what you guys can bring to the table to those of us regionally is, you know, coming up with on PMG, a database of all these people, because there are guys in LA, there's a guy that makes the little license, plastic license plate, fake screws for prop license plates. I can't think of his name. But there are a lot of these little niche, uh, you know, people in our industry that uh, make all these cool products and, you know,
1: yeah, no, that, that's that that's great. And that's a, and I'm glad you brought that up too because that is something that I've been wanting to do with Josh Meltzer because, you know, he started the Facebook page, the proper, Union Property Masters Facebook page, which is kind of like the jump off for the PMG in a lot of ways too. That, again, this notion that, hey, you know, we could be helping each other out instead of like everybody holding all of their information to, to themselves, you know. And so Josh kind of helped us with that in, in that resource of that Facebook right. page, I keep saying we got to get somebody, you know, let's pay somebody to go in there and pull all of those right. resources. Every right. time somebody suggests, you know, has, hey, where do you find this? You know, let me, you know, and then somebody makes a suggestion. We need to pull all that information and put it in something that we can. Out there too. Yeah, them. like a Debbie's book, but just for like prop it, masters. Right, exactly. Uh,
2: Nick Schofield, I think, is the the name you were trying to think of who makes uh, those. Little that's th- right. Yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. yeah, they stopped
1: making those things for a while. Yeah, uh, or, or or selling them at ISS or something. Oh, really? like, I have a big ball of them still in my truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> save your life, good god. <laughs> yeah,
2: but there's yeah, a lot of know, cool things uh, like that. Like, I mean, uh, my wife just started doing the acrylic drinks too because she does uh, a lot of acrylic work right. and like stuff like that. So it was like, oh, you should like. Throw that on your Etsy because I know a bunch of prop masters are gonna want to like get that stuff <laughs> and stuff. So, hers mm-hmm. are really good, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Which, it's save you for background, like one hundred percent, especially shit. when you have a lot of them and they're dancing and stuff.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't have to deal with broken glass anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. um, what other ideas do you or what directions do you think that uh, you see the PMG going that you're interested in?
3: Oh, you know, just like what we've discussed with uh, education, you know, and uh, being a, being a, maybe a jumping off point to uh, help people that really are interested in going into props is to uh, give them the resources to get that, you know, foot in the door, you know, they, I mean, ultimately, you know, it's like maybe one in 50 people that say they want to do props, right. Actually end up liking it yeah you know, it's just uh, i don't know if it's not i don't know what that's the ratio sure. but you know as far as um there are a lot of people that get in the film business thinking it's going to be something that it's not yeah exactly know, it, because it you know we love what we do and it's a lot of fun and it's a challenge and it's something different every day um but it's not for everybody no i agree <laughs> and it's definitely not a cakewalk so uh i think what you, you know you, you bring in the, the people showing what it's about and then um, like I said point them in the direction to where they can get some experience some PA experience uh, you know art department PA experience I don't know if if they do they do they does L A have art department PAs much or how we're, do, we're
2: trying to get like rid of props PAs right. specifically
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah but, that, I mean they
2: exist yeah.
1: out there but it isn't something that is yeah you know, but as far
3: as how do you in L A tell someone uh, you know you yeah, open the door for someone that wants to do props but they haven't even stepped on a film set
1: yeah see that's a great point and yeah. mikey just brought this up in the last podcast that they did that is a a problem in los angeles and again like in a mixed local where you are and in a right to work state there are many opportunities you know mm-hmm. you see somebody who has aptitude you could give them a shot in the hollywood market it it is very it's difficult unless you get to a place where the the um you're on raw, ro- you're off roster, you know, cause there's right. so much work that you could hire somebody that that hasn't happened in a little while. It's and it's probably while. not going to happen again in the near future with the way the industry's going. Um, it is, and or, it or is. Can they get their hours doing
3: independent films? Yes. Or? Uh, well, yes. yes.
1: And non-union. That's kind yeah. of the way you have to do it is, is building okay. non-union hours and then you could get in. Um, but we are also doing some work now with the PMG in, uh, in connection with the IA, to create a property master's mentor program because we don't mm-hmm. have one, um, and it's something that the union is very interested in. But they want um, our craft to to kind of spearhead that. So that is something that is actually being discussed now and hopefully happening soon. Um, because mm-hmm. it is. I mean, because again, we all we all hear about people who want to get in and are like, "How do I get in?" And you could tell that they have the aptitude for it because Mm -hmm. it's really about aptitude because if you don't have it you're just not going to make it no matter how much you want it so it's important that if we identify these people that there is a a road for them to get in
3: absolutely And i'm finding a lot of people asking about prop making as well so the another thing that i guess pmg could do is uh you know list resources of where they you know where people could go to to learn the mold and do to do the you know uh fabrication yep and because there are a lot of them there yeah 100
1: uh, uh yeah. yeah i had a young a young woman uh, uh about a year ago who contacted me through somebody saying that she was interested in getting into props but she was very much interested in fabricating she was she was a builder and she had all this stuff i introduced her to greg bilson at iss and she's working in the mold shop as we're oh, right? cool! yeah you know so that's another way in, especially for people who want to build mm-hmm for sure and you
3: know or, it's uh, what i noticed and i learned this on tiktok there is an assistant at history for hire mm-hmm. now I, I can't think of her name um but she posts uh, i guess she does uh, uh, restoration prop restoration oh cool so like she'll she'll take the old uh baseball gloves and give them new life make them workable and usable replace all right. the yeah you know, the leather yeah, but it's something different or she's redoing an old uh of uh, 1940s band drum oh, nice. that sort of thing i'm like yeah. oh i never thought about that but that's a viable career oh, that this person is doing.
1: especially as things yeah. keep getting older <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah you know having done period films man that's always a concern you oh know? yeah it's like mm-hmm. if you find something but then you have to find like two or three of the same thing and pray that they work yeah so yeah that's
2: and they need to be new from the '40s, so I, mean, I I have to
1: tell you again, from working on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I can't get over how many times I would put in a search in eBay, you know, reel-to-reel tape recorder, new in box, and I would get hits. Yeah, people like find these things mm-hmm. in their attic and stuff, like still in oh. the box.
0: It's crazy. Oh,
3: and one uh, also a good keyword is NOS, new, new, old stock yeah oh yeah. nos that's yeah, a good one nos right, that's okay. kind of a, an ebay thing yeah so if you type in nos new old stock and you'll yeah it's crazy yeah, what you can still that it's crazy what's still out there i was able I to know. find i needed like 1980s swanson tv dinners or something yes. and somebody oh, out there is making it had, had the foil the packaging yes. with the box yeah oh my god
1: <laughs> history of Higher has it too Oh, yeah. you, they're, they're ref, they've refabricated them but yeah it's, oh, yeah it's such a great resource for sure i mean it's yeah uh, the other one i've discovered is put typing in lot
2: okay lot. If yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're I've,
1: looking for multiples of something right you type in lot it's it's a whole new world yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well so i have one yeah. more question i do yeah. Want to ask yes, bring yes, it yeah i
2: i um Obviously, we're going. Th- we're in the midst of like a crazy writer strike that has stopped Hollywood in his track. How is that affecting you out in in Austin? Is it? I- I'm wondering if it, you're getting hit the same way we
3: are here in Hollywood. Uh yes, for sure. Um, I'm, the only other show that's happening right now in uh, Texas is, uh, I guess, the Bass Reeves, and they already have their scripts written or something. That's mm. the. Taylor show, the, the Yellowstone spinoff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's the only other project. So but the good thing here is, there is a commercial market in Dallas in right. and Austin. Uh, and so I'm just trying to fill that void. There was a, a, a true crime show. So, so basically I'm, I'm getting by with uh, some rentals here and there. Yeah. Um, uh, and renting to commercials renting to, um, you know, our, our Austin events. Um, I, uh, I've got, um, I'm going to do props, uh, on a Texas A&M, uh, I guess some film pro, uh, no, not a film. it's a commercial basically right, for Texas right. a Right. Nice. And, uh, so I'm doing that in July. So, which the whole thing is, I'm I'm kind of depressed about because there's the uh, the big tailgate event uh, <laughs> that I was planning, on and I still might swing it. Oh, that'd be great if the schedule changes. My my plan is to to be there.
2: Oh, we would love that, yes.
1: <laughs> Mikey. You're gonna promote that but... for us at the end, of right?
2: Um, I can't promo oh. if this one's coming out after the event's over. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oh right. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, no, never mind. I mean, we've already had the event, and you were there, and it was awesome. Full <laughs> 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 screen. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. But no, yeah, I'm really excited for the, the tailgate event that already happened. But we, yeah, we really, into, like, it just blew up to something way bigger than we were ever anticipating. I know, it's going to be but, massive. Yeah, it's sure. it's to I mean, because, be, again, you know, everybody's
1: off. So all yep. the trailers yeah, I'm, I'm are there. I'm definitely
2: going to make an effort. Yeah, and if it goes well, I mean, we're hoping to make it an annual thing. Even if, well, hopefully there'll be a hell of a lot less trailers there next yes, year. <laughs> yes, hope. I hope we're all working, but yeah, I, I'm, uh, it's going to be a really good thing. Absolutely. Well,
3: my plan is if I if I can make it, um, is to is to get a lot of uh, a lot of little one minute interviews with everybody I can get my hands
0: on. Oh,
1: that would be brilliant. Yeah, I'd love really, that. You know
3: a little three questions yeah yeah that'd be good (laughs) it'll be fun fantastic it'll be fun and um but yeah but i'm supposed to start that other that job like on the night but we'll
0: see yeah
1: all right well keep me posted because i definitely want to make sure i run into you there because there's gonna be a lot of people out there there's gonna be a lot of people (laughs) so
3: yeah, the second I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, that has the potential to be something really fun." Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, sponsors
2: IS- are coming out with flying colors too.
1: Right. Yeah, everybody
2: wants to be involved. So,
1: and ISS has been doing that parking lot sale for a while, mm-hmm. you know, but not to this scope, you know. And I've, I think, the last three years, I've been on family vacation every time that it's come up, and I'm like, "Oh man, my son's like, I want to go." But this is more of a party, though, isn't it? This is more of a party, yeah.
2: Yeah, we're all—it's literally a tailgate event. We're all barbecuing out of the back of our tailgates, our trailers, and I mean, Anheuser Busch is showing up with a whole beer tent, and like, there's just uh, yeah, fossils giving us watches to give everybody. There's just uh, there's uh, there's a lot of fun that's going to be had. There's games and stuff like that too. So uh, I hope it turns into a a regular annual thing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) we're gonna. Yeah, we have to do that. To where we uh, have everybody bring out their craziest gadget. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I could bring my blow machine. <laughs> Did you bring out? your blow machine.
0: <laughs>
1: out? Oh my god! Well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come and talk to us.
3: Yeah, well, enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. Sorry, I, I babble a lot. I apologize. No, 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 no. You're good. This is
1: the, <laughs> this is the place to do it. And and not that you
2: need it, but uh, plug all of your stuff. Like, yeah. Where, where can they? Where can our people find you
3: and subscribe to your your stuff? Oh, yeah, uh, Scott Prop and Roll. Scott Prop and Roll on uh, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. I love that your name is also like a dad joke kind of. Yeah, I know. I
1: love
0: it. it. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know,
3: it was originally, I will say, uh, I changed it once I started doing the prop stuff. It was Scott Drop and Roll. And, you know, when I signed up and got the that name, uh, I wasn't. I was just opening a TikTok account. Right. I had no plans for being a creator. Sure. So that's when it was Scott Drop and Roll. I was just kind of grasping at straws for a name and then <laughs> then when I you know then I just adapted it into Scott Prop and Roll once I started doing the prop content. Perfect. <laughs> perfect I know right
2: yeah so yeah everybody needs to go check out his stuff it's pretty fantastic incredible uh, if you're a prop master you'll learn a lot of really good tricks too yeah, I mean I've learned new stuff myself I'm sure we all have so and even
3: if you're stuff. not it's just kind of fun getting yep. that peek behind the curtain you know? it's, it's really fun <laughs> um so, yeah, thank you,
2: and thanks to everybody else out there listening uh, for to another episode of Prop Talk, the official podcast of the Property Masters Guild, brought to you by Real Working and Retired Prop Masters. If this is your first time tuning in, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment wherever you're hearing this. Also, do the same thing on, on Scott's stuff, because it's going to help us all in the end. Uh, if you would like to know more information about the Property Masters Guild or have any questions for us here at Prop Talk, be sure to go to propertymastersguild.org. Um, we're also on Instagram, at underscore the PMG, and all the other socials. Just look for Property Masters Guild. You can also email us at info at propertymastersguild.org. Um, until the next episode.